if you would please stand. We're going to read from the Bible, Acts chapter 28, verses 1 to 10, on page 937. Luke writes, After we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to a chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for these verses from the book of Acts. Lord, it's been a long time now that we've been studying the book of Acts, and now as we open to the very last chapter, we pray that you'd be pleased to send the Holy Spirit powerfully upon us, that you would pry open our cold, resistant hearts, and give us grace, Father, that we might hear your word, believe it, Obey it, Father, and rejoice in it, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. Well, happy Care Group Sunday. I've got a little bit to say about care groups as we go along, but um, I want to remind you what we were looking at last Sunday. Uh, We were talking about the great journey. I spoke about the book of Acts as as a description of a great journey, and it really is an amazing story. Um, it's uh, full of all kinds of twists and turns, comings and goings. It has significant cultural antecedents, as I mentioned uh, last Sunday, especially among first century Gentiles. Uh, Luke was uh, probably himself a Gentile, and uh, the book of Acts describes in large part the ministry, the, the mission of the church among the Gentiles. And so it's not really surprising that there would be cultural antecedents, that there would be a, a cultural backdrop to the story that Luke is writing. I reference, for instance, uh, the Odyssey, uh, written by the Greek poet Homer, and the, the Aeneid, the uh, poem written by the Roman Virgil. Uh, these were stories of unforgettable journeys, Uh, They were culturally very significant. They were widely read in the first century Gentile world, right there in the area where Paul is living and ministering. Uh, This last uh, part of the book of Acts is set in that cultural context. And so these stories, 
it makes perfect sense to me that these stories were in the backdrop. They were, they were part of the cultural context in which uh, Luke was writing. And I don't think that is a coincidence. Uh, the book of Acts is meant to be a story that's, that's a great journey. It's set in the context of lots of other great journeys. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there is evidence that uh, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, came from a place called Troas. Well, Troas uh, is the site of ancient Troy. Uh, Troy figures prominently in both the uh, Odyssey and in the Aeneas, Aeneid. And uh, so Tr- Luke, who wrote this book, actually not only culturally but personally had in his head these, these ancient stories. Um, now, let's be very clear. What uh, Paul is doing here and what Luke is recording here is different from the Odyssey, it's different from the Aeneid. Those were uh, mythical, fictional. Uh, clearly, they didn't happen in real time. Uh, and the book of Acts does. In fact, Luke goes to great pain to anchor this entire story. Everything he's writing, this journey, is anchored in reality. It's the kind of story you could actually look up the places that are described. You could look up the names that are given. You could read about many of the things that happen in the story, and you will find living eyewitnesses, people who really know about those things. And to this day, if you Google these place names and these people's names and some of the historical events that are described, you find they really happen and there's a lot of information that we have about them. It all forms, again, part of the context of the book of Acts. Well, I I think it's not only fair to say that the book of Acts and Acts chapter 27, as we saw last week, describes a great journey. I think it's also fair to say they describe a great adventure. In fact, that's what I've titled today's sermon, The Great Adventure. Uh, the story of the book of Acts is a great adventure, a story that's full of adventure. And last week in particular, we saw evidence of that great adventure. The Christian life is a great adventure. In fact, it is the great adventure. Luke, uh, a boy of Troy, knew adventure when he saw it. He knew an adventure story. He knew the amazing twists and turns of an adventure story. So the book of Acts records this adventure, this true adventure, and it is uh, a very important story if we're going to understand the Christian life. The Christian life is a kind of adventure. It's uh, too bad that people today... Uh, fail sometimes to understand the adventure of the Christian life. I think so often Christianity can be understood as kind of status quo, boring, uh, nothing really dynamic about it, and that is a terrible shame, and it is not true to what the Bible tells us about the Christian life. Christian life is a great adventure. It is full of twists and turns. We're going to think about some of those twists and turns in a moment as it's recorded in the book of Acts and other examples of the great twists and turns of the adventure of the Christian life. Well, Luke is going to great pains to record all of this. He's, he's writing down these adventurous details. And we would be terribly remiss if we didn't make note of how dynamic the Christian life is, the coming, the going, the doing, the participating. And that's what Luke is faithfully described. 
The Christian life is the great adventure. Um, Tolkien had adventure in his mind. Tolkien, the, the great Oxford Don who influenced C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, was a Christian who believed very much in the adventure of the Christian life. And so when he wrote his great masterpiece, The Fellowship of the Ring and the, the, uh, the Trilogy of the Rings, uh, he actually had in his mind Christian reality. He describes it in mythical, fictional terms, but Tolkien was actually intentionally writing to describe the adventure of the Christian life. Of course, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien's friend, uh, Tolkien actually led C.S. Lewis to the Lord uh, by convincing him that Christianity was the myth that is true. Um, C.S. Lewis, following his mentor and friend, Tolkien, actually wrote his own story, his own adventures. And many of the kids in this room and many of the adults in this room have been shaped by the Narnia Chronicles where C.S. Lewis attempts, again, using metaphorical language to describe the great adventure of the Christian life. Well, I want to claim that sense of adventure. I want to claim that sense that you and I are part of this great adventure that begins in the book of Acts in a very significant way. Of course, all the Gospels form the ultimate beginning of the, of the great adventure. In fact, the case can be made and should be made that that great adventure actually has roots all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way back in the book of Genesis. The adventure described in Jesus' life and ministry is an adventure that began at the very beginning of human history. And the book of Acts, with all of its adventure overtones, is actually continuing that adventure. The Christian life is indeed a great adventure. And let's claim that. Let's grab hold to that. Let's understand our life in those terms. Like the Fellowship of the Ring, we are real life today adventurers in a fellowship. We are like those fictional characters very much a part of a, of a drama, an adventure much bigger than ourselves. That's my first point, really. The Christian life is an adventure. I'd, I'd like to teach that and understand that. I'd like to interpret reality in light of that. So easy to lose sight of the adventure of the Christian life. We don't want to do that. We want to see ourselves as part of that great adventure. In fact, my second point is this one. And I think it's part of why Luke writes the way he does. It's some of the specific language he uses is meant to make this point. The great adventure is something that we do together. Uh, that's not a coincidence. That's not a small point. Uh, now, much of Acts is actually written in the third person. That is he and him, they and them. We, if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see a lot of language where Luke is describing what happens to other people. Uh, he describes um, in uh, uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, for instance, something that happened very specifically to the apostles. They were there. In fact, if you flip back, we can walk through a few of these. If you flip, flip back to Acts chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, we see the beginning of this great adventure, this this part of the adventure where the church is coming into focus. Uh, verse 3, it says, 
He, that is Jesus, presented himself alive to them after his sufferings by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Uh, Skip down to uh, verse 6. It says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, Flip across the page to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Over and over again, Luke is recording the experiences, what happened to other people, uh, people that he knew, people that he cared about, but what had happened to other people. Uh, The Twelve, the Jerusalem church, the first martyr, Stephen, the evangelist, Philip, the Antioch church. Uh, These are great stories of an adventure that involved other people. And that's an important part of the story. The, the, The... Adventure is is grounded in real life experience that happened to the Old Testament people, chiefly to the Lord Jesus himself, to the apostles and those who followed them. There's this sense in which all the adventure is grounded in that beginning of the story, the, the beginning of the adventure. They, they, he, he, this third person narrative describing the adventure. But flip over to Acts chapter 16 verse 8. There's a very significant shift. It reminds me of what Justin just said as he introduced the prayers. If you look at uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 8, it says, uh, They went, sorry, verse 8, So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. We just talked about Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, and then notice verse 10, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Uh, That is a very significant turning point in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16, verses 8 to 10. It moves from being a he and they story to being a we story. And us story. It moved from being a story about other people to being a story that involved Luke. And as the book continues, it involves this growing circle of people around Paul and around Luke. The adventure broadens and it it moves beyond those uh, first early Christians who experienced something unique and extraordinary to being a broadening circle. A broadening circle of more and more We, more and more us. So most of Paul's writing is to the the us, the we. If you look at Paul's letters, uh, the book of Acts hints at these churches that Paul visited, many of which Paul started, very many of which Paul started. Uh, They became the center of Paul's life. Uh, The ministry, the mission to them in Christ's name became more and more the focus of Paul's life. He became more and more focused on we and us, the togetherness of this great adventure. We are on a great adventure today. There's a very real sense in which the book of Acts is is an adventure that continues, and it's our adventure. 
We're actually part of this unfolding adventure. We're actually living through this adventure. You and I are living through this adventure together here at MetroCrest. Uh, Justin mentioned Psalm 91, where there's this dramatic shift from the third person to the first person, this deepening awareness of how we fit into the story, how we're meant to fit into the story. I'd like to think about that for a moment with you uh, on this care group Sunday. Uh, as, as David and Troy just described, care groups here at MetroCrest are, are a little way that we believe God is calling us together. Now, what we're doing right now is us being together. We're sitting here together, worshiping the Lord together. We're reading His Word together. We're engaging with His Word together. The care group is intended to help us deepen that relationship. It's really hard in a room, even a, a small, relatively small room. It's really hard in a small room to get to know each other very well. We're here for an hour or two every Lord's Day. A lot of wonderful things happen. Very, very, very important things happen. But what happens here is actually just meant to be the context for lots of other wonderful things. Lots of other together things. Lots of other experiences where we live out the adventure of the Christian life together. If you flip back to Acts chapter 28, we see that's kind of what's happening here in verse 1. We were brought safely through. We then learned that the island was called Malta. We, most of Acts 27 is, is he. Once again, describing Paul and something unique that happened to Paul as he stood trial. Well, here in Acts 28, once again, in the last chapter of the book, Luke rightly puts the focus on us, on we, the, the we of which you and I are a part. And the care group experience is meant to be a little part of that. I love living life together. That's one of the ways we describe our care group program. We're living life together. We're, we're living this adventure together. Uh, we're going through all these experiences together. We're interpreting reality together. And that's what happens here in Acts chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. Uh, Luke is describing an experience and interpreting it in a way that we can understand it. He just really lays out the things that happened, but he also explains what the things meant. So they discover the people of Malta. Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine going to a place where you don't even know the name of the island? You're discovering this new place together. You're, you don't even know what the people are called. How do they understand each other? I suppose they had some shared language Greek, perhaps, where they were able to understand each other. There's obviously superstition here on the island of Malta. The, the people had this very basic idea that if something bad happened to you, there's obviously uh, something you've done to justify it. And it's really very, very simplistic story, almost childlike, when Paul is doing something as simple as putting some wood on the fire, the, the snake comes out and, and bites him. And, uh, and Luke is interpreting this very simple campfire story. Have you ever been on a campout? I think Joe and Patton uh, Scott are on a campout this morning. And, uh, uh, you know, this, this is a campout story almost. A very important one, a dramatic one. But it's a simple one in some ways. And here they are living this together as they gather around Paul, as they together move 
in this great journey, this great adventure. And that's, that's what a care group is kind of like. It's us interpreting reality. It's us living life together. And that's what happens here. I think it's very significant that that's what Paul records in the last chapter of the book of Acts, the we of the gospel, the we of the Christian life. And I encourage you to take that we very seriously. I, I, I would love it if out in the lobby later this morning you were to find, about, find out about and perhaps even sign up for a care group. If you're not in one, we'd love to invite you to be in one. It's part of that we-ness which we cherish here at MetroCrest, which we'd love for you to be a part of. You can also sign up for the, the uh, Acts 246 suppers, uh, that, that great story at the beginning of Acts where the church shares life together and they come and they share meals together. Uh, it's a beautiful little ex- expression of that weeness. Well, sign up for the suppers. Find out more about this wonderful we where God has placed you, this wonderful opportunity to deepen the connection with other Christians. Living in a fallen world, we just just talked about that as we looked at the Westminster Confession. We live in a fallen world and we need one another. We need togetherness. And and that's what Paul is a part of here. It's, It's not simply the story of Paul making his way towards this dramatic conclusion here in the book of Acts. It's about Paul and those around him, of which we're a part. The great adventure is something we do together. Uh, I'd like to spend for a moment just reflecting on one third point. The great adventure includes ordinary times of peace and blessing as well as hardship. Uh, A few of us went over to a meeting on Friday that uh, involved reflecting on the church in Iran. And it was a very, very interesting meeting. There were people there from Iran who came to tell stories of persecution and hardship. And it was very moving indeed to reflect on God's faithfulness in the midst of so much hardship. There is persecution in the world. The fall is real. The fall really happens. The kind of things that Paul endures in the book of Acts, they're still happening. It is still part of our story. There are people today suffering for the gospel, suffering for Christ. It's a reality. We can't deny it. In fact, we want to take it very, very seriously. We want to, we want to be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ. This ministry is called Mare Reformed Ministries. It's solidly reformed, anchored in the Presbyterian Church, aimed at being servants and advocates to the persecuted church. It's a very, very timely message. There are more Christians suffering today for the gospel than at any point in human history. That's the world in which you and I live. That's where our adventure is unfolding. We do live in a world full of hardship. But what I want you to notice here in this last chapter of the book of Acts is how the great adventure also includes, I guess uh, the the term that keeps coming to me is, is ordinary life experiences. The Christian life for most of us in this room, well, it doesn't feel very adventurous. It's it's very simple. I mean, yes, we, we get glimpses of hardship, and, and there are many, many challenges in being a Christian today, but in so many ways, the world where you and I live here at MetroCrest, we live in a, a very ordinary time, in a very ordinary place, 
Uh, That's sort of what's being described. It says in verse 2, the native people showed us unusual kindness. It's interesting that as Paul makes his way to Rome to the great challenge of his life and ministry, when when he is actually going towards martyrdom himself, here in Acts 28 we're reminded that even for Paul there were these seasons of ordinariness. There were these seasons when people were kind to him. Thank God for those seasons of opportunity, those seasons of blessing. The native people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. I love that story David told of of being in the barn out in the middle of a storm and you have that tin roof over your head. And Is there any more comforting feeling than hearing that that rain on the, on the roof above you and the straw and being there with people that you care about. Those ordinary times of blessing, those ordinary times of comfort and gathering around. Well, for many of us, that's what a care group gives us the chance to do, to, to, to be there together in the midst of all the craziness going on around us, to have these ordinary times of peace and blessing. It's a beautiful thing that Paul here in these last few verses of of this long, amazing adventure story, he has this time when he's with his friends and they're being treated kindly. In verse 3, Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, put them on the fire. A viper came out, as we saw. The native people misunderstand it in verse 4. They wait around to see what's going to happen in verse 5 and 6. And when he doesn't die, uh, Paul has the opportunity they sort of, in a very simple way, a very non-dramatic campfire way, Paul gives witness to the faithfulness of God. Paul gives witness, and it's just his being there in his life. He gives witness to God's faithfulness. They go on to verse 7 to visit this great man, Publius. Uh, he entertained them hospitably for three days. Um, Paul actually has the opportunity to visit Publius's father and, and prays for him and sees his Publius's father healed. It's not a hugely dramatic story. Paul prays and someone is healed. See, that's the kind of thing we experience together even in these ordinary times. We, we see God's little acts of mercy and grace and we share those with each other We use them as opportunities to reflect on what Jesus has done and on the faithfulness of the God who rules over everything. And that's where we live our lives. Most of us, that's where we live our lives. It's in these quiet moments of ordinary living that you and I live our life. And the care group here at Metrocrest and our life as a church together is to reflect on those things, to actually take them seriously. You know, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, uh, the prophet says, don't despise the small things. Now, so often we, we want the big things, the loud, the flashy things. And there are lots of loud and flashy things that we can see in the Christian life, especially if we look at all of biblical history and all of human history. We see lots of big manifestations of God's grace and power, but there are infinitely more small things infinitely more small things where we together celebrate God's faithfulness in little ways 
I mean, in some ways they're little, in some ways they're, they're huge in our personal lives. When we pray for someone who's sick and that person is healed, is that or is that not a miracle, a wonder? Maybe God uses medical science. I've been struck this week how many people here sitting in this room have come back with amazing stories of how God healed using doctors and nurses and medicines and hospitals. You know, none of that came out of a vacuum. None of that came out of nothing. All of those manifestations of human uh, resourcefulness and creativity, all those are expressions of God's faithfulness from Genesis. God at work through all these remarkable means to bless us, to bring about healing, to bring about all kinds of good things in our life that we take for granted or we take all the credit. When actually they're displays of God's faithfulness. And in addition to all those, just think of all the times where there didn't appear to be a means for healing. We didn't know how this was going to work out in a good way. People who had illnesses, people who had all kinds of Challenges in their life who were facing uncertainty. And yet God was faithful. And when we gather together, we share those little stories of God's miraculous power in this great adventure. He is still faithful. He is still powerful. He is still doing the wondrous things that he has always done. And that's what Acts 28 verses 1 to 10 record. These remarkable, ordinary things that God has done. Zach uh, Pummel was here a few months ago. I commend to you Zach Pummel's excellent sermon, March 14th, the installation service, Snake Boom Wow. I commend it to you. I listened to it this week, getting ready for today. I commend it to you. It is a beautiful sermon. And one of the points Zach makes is how the gospel is important to nice people too. It's a really important and, and wonderful point. How as Paul came to Malta to these kind people who were hospitable, they were nice to him. Well, they needed the gospel too. And here in Carrollton, no, nobody's likely to attack you for being a Christian in Carrollton. That day, that day may be coming, but today it's highly unlikely today you're going to suffer that kind of persecution. But you know what? Those nice people need the gospel like the people in Malta, they carry around in their heads all kinds of crazy ideas. Superstition, pre-industrial age superstition and crazy ideas, things about God that are not true. They carry around in their heads all these untruths. And guess what? They may be nice, but they need Jesus. Just like Publius, they need Jesus. And one of the wonderful things we do in this great adventure is we bring the gospel to the people where we are. We don't make them worse than they are. We, we meet them where they are. We bring the gospel. They're all fallen. They're all fallen just like us, but we bring the gospel to people who can sometimes be pretty nice and hospitable. We bring Jesus' love to them. That's part of the adventure too. And we get to share all of that amazingly together here at Metro Crest. Well, next Sunday we're going to finally conclude a long series on the book of Acts. And I am praying that God will help you and me to live out this adventure in our day. 
that you and I will, like Paul, like Luke, uh, like the early church, we will be Jesus' bold and faithful witnesses exactly where God has placed us.